Hello and welcome to the T's and C's podcast. My name is Tasha Duffy. And I'm Christine Barnes. We're all guilty of sending podcast-length voice notes of our day-to-day ups and downs of life, so we decided to share them with you. In this week's episode, we sat down with Danny Bradley. He talks about homelessness, drug addiction, his time in Mountjoy Prison, and how he has turned his life around and helping people in their own recovery. Fancy a cuppa? Right, let's pop the kettle on. Welcome, Danny. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> now, first of all, while we're bringing up the name, I have we're a little... just like, what's the name? Yeah, we've got a little <laughs> bit of a story to tell. So, originally you came up on my TikTok. Yeah. And I sent it to Tasha. Mm. And I was like, I want this fella. <laughs> but the tag on the TikTok was Daniel Moore. Yeah. So I was like, Tasha was like, yeah, message him on Instagram, find him. Like we do all our other guests. Yeah. So I'm like on Instagram trying, I'm like, can't Tasha find can't him. find him. He doesn't exist. He's ghost. Doesn't exist. <laughs> so I was like, right, fine. So <laughs> Christine being a little stalker went on LinkedIn. Yeah, I should have got that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, and found you on LinkedIn. Yeah, and it just so happens that I had only updated my LinkedIn and I got it back running. No way. So I sent you a message on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) She will get you on LinkedIn. But then you read the message and I was like, oh, little shit. (laughs) So then on the Sunday, we were going to do something, I think, and Tasha sent me a screenshot of a newspaper article. Yeah. And was like, what about this fella? I was like, we need Danny to get this Bradley. guy on. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely, message him, sort whatever out. So she sent you a message, obviously, off our podcast page. Yeah. yeah. We went out for, oh, it was lunch. And we were back in Aoife's then. And oh, yeah. the message went off from you. And I was like, oh my God, Tasha, you said yes, blah, blah, blah. Great, whatever. And then I obviously clicked onto your Instagram to see. And I was like, That's oh my him. God, it's the same person. <laughs> it's the same dude. So yeah. what was the story with the name? So... <laughs> My whole life, I was known as Danny Bradley. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was fostered. So okay. my mother's, my mother's name is Moore. Right. So I was fostered then, and I grew up then with the name Bradley. Bradley. I was fostered then to my auntie. Okay. But she was married, and she was Bradley. Okay. So all through school, all through everything, it was always Bradley. And it was only later in life when I started to have to sign things. Yeah. And, you know, sort of legal, legal things. Yeah, you know, social welfare. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. It's like, uh, more. I'm thinking... Moore, I don't like the name Moore. Yeah. It's known as Bradley like forever. Yeah. So there's actually been times where people say, yeah, Daniel Moore and like sitting there waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're sorry, you don't you don't realise oh. It's like wait, ten it's hours later. Yeah. Still <laughs> sitting there. Daniel Moore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody has to tap you on the shoulder, like, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> but um so yeah, I guess that's where the name comes from. Okay. You know, so like, you said that you were fostered. Yeah, yeah. What was the story with that? So like uh my mother would have had issues with alcohol. Never knew who the father was. Don't know who he is still to this day. Okay. okay. Doesn't really bother me. Um, so I was taken, I was put into a home at about two years old, probably prior to that. And then obviously my auntie now said, look, I'll take him in. So took me and my sister in. So obviously that's where the whole name came about. Yeah. Um, but I think when I was about 12, then my mother passed away. So... I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had much of a relationship with her. With her, yeah. You know that way. Look, I think I, I have one memory, and it's it's a, it's a memory that I sort of don't really like. Mm-hmm. So it's like she she had other kids, and she came out to bring one of her kids for his uh, communion at the time, and she was like, "Do you want something in the chipper?" And you know when you're young, if somebody yeah. asks you to want something, you're always told to say no. Yeah. But to me, <laughs> it was like the stranger. Yeah. So it was like no, yeah. and I remember the look on her face. You know, I was just like. Are you sure you don't want a bag of chips? And I was like, no. You know, and in my head, I'm thinking, who is this person? You know, but that's sort of a memory that sticks out to me. Yeah. 
But I suppose, yeah, look, I never really had that much of a relationship with her, so I guess that's the way You're it was. so young, yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know And then better. even she passed away when you, when you were 12, that's still, like, really young. So and you know what young. I mean? It is really young. Like, you're still a child. Like. And it was, it was actually... It was something that nobody knew about that I was fostered either, you know that way? Mm, okay. I remember actually at the funeral, there was a couple of kids in school at the time, I was in school, and they had came obviously just for support, you know? And one of the kids actually came up to me and says, Oh, Danny, he like, whose funeral is it? You know? Yeah. And I just goes, My ma. And he's like, No, come on, whose funeral is it really? You know, joke. And I'm thinking, yeah. No, it's yeah. my ma. And I'm like, Oh. And then I had to sort of explain to him the whole situation, but yeah. I'd say a man was like, oh no. Shit. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, you know, but I just sort of like, look, I told him the whole situation. I was like, look, this is the way. And he's like, oh, you're fostered? Do you mean they're not your real brothers and sisters? And I'm like, no, they're my cousins. And I'm like, oh, we thought you looked like them. I was like, no, no. Wow. Probably do, though. Yeah, like, little no cousins. Yeah. I'm convinced we all look like me and my cousins. Yeah, you do, though. We all have dark you have features. Certain, yeah, yeah, certain genes about you that are similar. So, you got fostered. Yeah. Do you remember being in a home at all? Not so much. <clears throat> um, like, there's times where my sister was obviously there as well, and one of the time my brothers, and they used to say things. Like, I'd never remember it, you know? Mm. Um, there was one incident that I'll always remember as well. I don't know why it sticks out, but I remember crying. Mm. As a baby, crying. Now, you're talking, I was like, it's probably one and a half, two yeah, here, you yeah. know? And this is something that sticks out to me. I remember mm. crying in a buggy. And calling out a girl's name called Michelle. Stop. I do not know who, who this person was. is, but you know when a baby cries and yeah. they're crying and crying and crying. I just kept calling this name and going, Michelle. You know that way as a yeah. kid. And I was like, still st- sticks out to me to this day. So that's the only memory I have of that Being place. Yeah. Home, Madonna yeah. House was the name of it. Madonna House, I think. And where was that? I've never even Couldn't tell you. So a couple yeah. of stories came out afterwards about... Oh. Oh. About you know a lot of bad things, yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank God we like, don't know about that place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. So but then yeah. you moved with your auntie. Where did they live then? Yeah, uh, Cardiff. Okay. Cardiff, yeah. So I moved out into Cardiff. Um, had a great childhood, you know. Um, something in me though was like I was I'm the black sheep. You know really? that way. I always felt that way. Little chip. Yeah, and that's actually something that was said to me. You have a chip on your shoulder, you know. Mm. And I'm like, no, I don't. But it was, it was something that I carried growing up as a kid all the time. I always felt loved. they done everything for me, never made me feel not a part of. Um, but it was just something in me that wanted to feel different or yeah. made myself feel different. So I guess growing up, I uh, sort of ran with that a little bit, you know, that way. Mm. And I guess I didn't act out as much. Like I just, I used to do things and I used to sort of blame it in my own head thinking, I'm like this because of this, you know. Yeah. Push luck. And what was school like then? School was good. Um, another thing as well about school, like, I was always the one to try and make people laugh. Mm. And I think this is something that went with me my whole life. Acceptance was a big thing for me. Yeah. So I suppose being in a foster family, feeling accepted, but which I did feel accepted, but in my own head, I wasn't accepted. So going through school was that thing as well. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be the class clown. I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted people to like me. Um, I would have hated the fact that if you said, look, I don't like you for some reason, I'm like, why? So I suppose- Like me all <laughs> over. Oh, really? My whole 20s, I just wanted everyone to like me. Yeah. Like my, please, why don't they like me? And the same as I turned 30, I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Don't give a shit about anybody. Yeah. But Literally, see- I could, but I don't, and like, I come from a loving family. And yeah. look, like, I never had like anything like that either. What you're saying, like, you were well loved. You were 
I had nothing to show me that I needed this off mm. somebody because I had so many like people yeah. loved that loved me around me. Yeah. But I just wanted so so many people to like me. Yeah, I just it's mad. I just seeked attention. Um like growing up, like if you told me that you were into basketball and I hated basketball, I'll tell you I love it. <laughs> do you know that way? Like I'm gonna tell you I love it and I shoe hoops all day. When I'd never do it ever. You're like Michael Jordan's my big fan. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? But that's the type of person I was. Um and even with teachers, I look I love making everybody laugh. Yeah. And I remember one time in school, I think it was in secondary, and uh, one of the teachers was like, Look, do you know what? You're great to have around the class and all I'm like, Yeah, deadly they're like, But you're going nowhere. And I was like, What? And they're like, Really? Like you're great to have around the class and all you make everybody laugh, but like I really going nowhere and I was thinking, All right, yeah, sound, thanks, yeah. Like she wasn't she wasn't wrong, you yeah. know what I mean? Like to an extent, like obviously after school, like I get into a lot of stuff and Things spoiled out of hand, but that always sticks with me as well, you know? Yeah, mm. what she said to you that day. Yeah. Yeah. It does, though, because you know you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I thought I was the entertainer. Do I not get, like, points for that? <laughs> but, like... I used to be the one in a double class. Everyone in my class used to say, right, Tasha, in the middle of the 40-minute the break, you just tell a story. I'm like, yeah, grand, no problem. <laughs> so then I wouldn't... The first 40 minutes, I'm like, what story will I tell her? Jesus, I have so many. Now, and I would actually tell a story that actually real life happened to me and everyone would be fall. I'd be like, miss, I have a story. Yeah. And she'd be like, is this about poultry? And I'd be like, it's about poultry. And she'd be like, right, go on. And everyone would like put their stuff down. Like, Just get listen comfy. in. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, one day. Like 20 minutes later, the teacher is even falling around the place laughing and then she's like, that was nothing got to do with poultry. And I'm like, really? Was there not a chicken in there somewhere? But that was me. But like, yeah. I just wanted, I just wasn't, like in scale either. Just well, and like, do you know what? It was never like when the teacher said it to me, it wasn't something that hit me there and then. Yeah. Do you know that like way? Like later on in life. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking, so what that teacher was right. I remember that. Yeah. But like when she said it to me, then I probably brushed it off and made a joke. Yeah. Do you know that way? <laughs> like, like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Soaked it in like a yeah. sponge. Yeah. Yeah. Like... It was only later, obviously, when I grew up and became an adult, as they say, mm. was when I was thinking, oh, yeah, now I remember what yeah, she I said. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you finish school? No. So, eh. I always wanted to walk. Yeah. I always wanted to provide. I loved the whole thought of walking and having money and doing all that. So I um I left school, I think it was like the first day of sixth year. I went in, you know. I asked I asked my mad so I was like, Can I look, can I get an apprenticeship? She's like, No, you're going back. Done transition year, done everything. Went back the first day of school and sixth year and being in the yard and I was like, Do you know what? I think the teacher was giving out to me about something. I was like, so rang me mad. I was like, Look, don't wanna go back. She's like, I says, There's a job there for me. She's like, Okay. So she let me go. So I didn't complete six yeah. years. And I got a job then doing uh, cabinet making. So fitting kitchens and wardrobes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. Loved the thought Got of getting a wage. <laughs> Make a little note of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Noted. <laughs> Couple of presses hanging off. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Wardrobe and bits. At the <laughs> oh, God. But uh, so I got a job doing cabinet making and I loved it. Um, I loved having money. I loved, you know, the whole thought of it. And then I think it was like about four years in, I remember uh, I was going to collect my wages with Friday. And this wasn't like a big company, it was just me and him, you know? And I knocked at his door and I was like, ah, you be wages. He's like, I no longer require your services. And I was like, what do you think I'm working in Smurfits here? Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Like, you know that way? Yeah. And I was thinking, what do you mean? And at this time as well, I was expecting my first child. Okay. So in my head, I went to like, I'm losing a job here, I'm expecting a child. Yeah. I'm going to be an absolute waste out here. I'm going to have no money. And that was my big, big fear. Yeah. Maybe it was probably because of my own childhood and yeah. not having a 
real a biological stabi- father around. Like, like well, there was like, a father there. Like my father, yeah. um, my foster father was there, and he was brilliant. You know that way. Mm. But I don't know what it was. So obviously, when I heard this, I was thinking, "What am I going to do for money? Yeah. I need to do something for money and first child and stuff." So straight away, where I'm from, how do you make money? Drugs. Okay. So one thing led to another, and that was it. Then I. I don't think it's even just where you're from anymore. I think no, that's just yeah, the general. Oh yeah, nowadays yeah, it's like yeah. that's it. You could go anywhere. Yeah. But back where, then, back then, where I was, where How I grew. How old are you now? Sorry, I never. Thirty-four. Okay. So where I was growing up, it was like I was probably about twenty, maybe nineteen, twenty okay. when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty, I think it was, and I remember saying, "Yeah, look, this is what I'll have to do." But the drug of choice was another thing where it was like frowned upon where I'm from. You know, it was crack cocaine. Mm, okay. Crack cocaine and heroin was like proper frowned upon. Yeah. If yeah. it had been anything else, you would have got kudos for it. You know that way? Yeah. But in my head, I knew that that was a good drug. When I say good drug, to sell. To sell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Quick and easy money. So got into that, got selling drugs. Um, never done anything around the area because it was frowned upon. I didn't want to be looked at like a, he's a blatant bad person, yeah. you know? Had people knocking at my door and all, you know? But um, I think it was probably about a year or so into it and got a, got a knock on the door it was guards probably a year and a half maybe so what so you were doing this in the meantime so did every, anyone know that you were doing this were you like side hustling and no, trying so to hide where the money was coming from no like so because this baffles me like yeah. even when I see drug dealers nowadays like even, like known ones that you would know in your own area yeah. let's be honest everyone knows who the people yeah. are in their own yeah. area what I'm saying is is they don't hide it so much mm. anymore so did you try and hide it so it was never something that I like wanted people to know yeah I just wanted to be sure that I had money and I was able to provide with it you know what I mean I so was... you were in a relationship at the time yeah absolutely so where, did they think <clears throat> were you working or like what no like, it wasn't working you just were looking I wasn't, for work look I wasn't flashing money around I yeah. wasn't this I wasn't that I wasn't rocking around goose jackets and Balenciagas and all this stigma the way it is now now yeah um, I was just I was getting by you know what I mean I was doing everything I needed to do but when the guards, so I was actually out of my apartment at the time when the guards gained yeah, access. Yeah, so I heard this story, so I don't think you've heard this story yet. So I had actually got a phone call. I was actually across in my mother's house and I got a phone call and picked up the phone. Hello? Hey, it's uh, Blanchetown and Cabra Guard Station here. Uh, Blanchetown and Fingless Guard Station here. We've gained access to your premises. Uh, I think you might want to come home. I nearly shat oh, myself God. in I nearly mother's... shit myself and I haven't even done anything wrong. In my head, there was a million and one things going through it. But I remember slowly just walking out of the room I was in thinking that someone's going to hear the guard on the phone. Yeah. You know, I was like backing out, backing out and I was thinking, what the fuck has happened here? Yeah. And I was in my head, I'm thinking, what can I do? Like, how do I get out of this? And I was like, I can't get out of it. Did you think about running? It didn't. So... That did cross my mind. And I think at the time I had drugs on me as well that I was going to meet somebody as well. So in my head, I thrown the drugs down ashore. Right. I remember I actually put the drugs down ashore that I had on me as well. And I remember in my head thinking, right, how am I going to... I was like, do you know where I live? They're in my house. Like, do you know it's me? I'm like, yeah. I can't just yeah. like, oh, stick a hat on and walk around here. Oh, it's not me. You know that way. Um, and was the, Daniel Moore? Yeah, no, yeah. Bradley. No, sorry, Bradley over here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So was your first child born yet? I know we shouldn't be laughing yeah, at this. No, so my first child was born and all, yeah. So okay. yeah, she was born. Um and I remember then my partner, I said to her, look, scars out of the house. And she had an idea of what I was doing, she didn't know the extent of what I was doing. She didn't want to know, I'm sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. So in my head I'm thinking, right. How, how am I going to get her away from this? Because they're going to pin this on her because yeah. it's, it's the property's under she her name. Exactly, well, you know. Yeah. So I said, uh, I said to her, look, whatever you know, you don't know. 
I said, that's the way it is. I was going to pull up here. And I remember pulling into the estate and I was like, stick six squad cards and the neighbours are out on the balconies and all. I'm thinking, no, oh, no, what's going on? You know, so as I walked into my sitting room, there was probably about five guards. And I just said, look, she knows nothing. I said, I'd like for her to stay like that. And fair play to them now. They said, yeah, no, bother into the back bedroom. So they all walked down to the back bedroom with me and they opened. He said, what's that? I said, you tell me. He says, it was a big safe, you know, I had a safe and it was like 59 quarters of crack cocaine done up in like an ounce of heroin as well. And they're like, we weren't expecting this. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting you. Yes. <laughs> you know, that way I was like, I really wasn't expecting you. <laughs> and he said, no, honestly, we weren't expecting this. And he showed me the warrant. They had a warrant for weed. Stop. Yeah. And there was a little story behind that. Like they said to me, look, if you want to help us out here and give us a bit of information, because we got information for this. So in my head, I'm thinking somebody around the area gave my name, thinking that I was selling weed or just maybe to fob them off. Yeah. When realistically, we actually landed it, you know, that way. Yeah. So I was like, no, look, you're all right, not into that. And they're like, okay. Um, Now, when we were walking out of the apartment, they had everything obviously bagged up and they turned to Nicholas and said, look, we're only doing them over stolen goods. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, fair play to you. You didn't have to say that. So She knows you're telling Porky. Yeah, 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 yeah. More or less, I'm like, she knows. Yeah. But like, imagine if that was the real situation. So, uh, yeah, into Blanchetown Guard Station, got charged, um, 15A charge. So that's anything over the value of like 45,000. So what was the value of it, do you know? Uh, So the crack was 37 and the heroin was like 12. Jesus, so good bit then. Yeah, 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 and yeah, so like, I remember thinking to myself, like, 15A charge, I was like, don't even know what it is, you know, yeah. like, I had no idea. Then I was just like, I need to get a solicitor, whatever it is you do when you're in this line, because I never thought I was going to get myself yeah. caught. Yeah. If there's anybody doing that type of stuff and they think I'm not going to get caught, you're going to get caught. Like, 100%, these lads do this for a living. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the job. Yeah. They'll let you, and I remember the guard said to me one time, he said to me, yeah, he says, oh yeah, we passed you a couple of months back. He says, and we had an idea. And I was thinking, what do you mean you had an idea? Well, we had an idea we were selling weed because of the crowd you were with. And I'm thinking, but I wasn't with anybody. I might have been with one or two lads who we might have taught. Mm. So it just goes to show that they were sort of keeping an eye on me like yeah. two months prior. They were like 10 steps ahead when you yeah. thought they were like nowhere I thought near. it was just an autumn, like they knew what they were at. So um, my first initial thought was, don't drag it out. Get it done over and done, get it over and done with. So me solicitor said to me, look, a 15A charge carries a mandatory 10-year sentence. I'm like, oh, no. I don't want to drag this out. People, when do you get in trouble, when do you get these sort of sentences or convictions, they sort of say, we're going to drag it out for as long as I can. And okay. they try and prolong it. They go to court, no, they appeal it. Not appeal it, sorry. They drag it out and drag it out until it. I said to me solicitor, look, I want it over and done with straight away. So within six months, I was up in front of the judge waiting to be sentenced. And it stood to me, though. I remember it was actually Judge Martin Nolan. He... Uh, he says to me, look, you didn't waste that time. You took full missions to everything. He says, but he says, at the end of the day, he says, it's a substantial find. He said, you could be a big player in this if you hadn't have caught you. He said, so I'm going to give you four years. In my head, as much as, as weird as myself, I was relieved. Mm. Like, but even still, I was getting four years in prison. Like, but in my head, I'm thinking, thank God. Yeah, you know, you thought ten. it was going to be 10 or more. Like, yeah, so yeah. we thought it was going to be 10. So, but it's the initial shock. Like you're walking into a courtroom and even though you might think you're not going to walk out, something in your head tells you, I should be walking out. Yeah. Mm. I was planning breakfast and all with my partner. After, you know that way? Mm. It was just something in my head. Because that was the question I was going to ask because I always have the, that thought. When you were 
when you were dealing and doing what you were doing yeah did you ever have like a weight on your shoulders to be like what the fuck am i at like i could walk out my gaff now i have pockets full of xyz or i'm walking back to my gaff with a few hundred quid how am i going to explain this did you ever have them never never that is mad isn't it Never. Is like, that I just a lad thing? Like it to, to be like they think they're invincible. <clears throat> Do you think that's because if I had, I can't leave no my tax on my car. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It was just I never thought I was gonna get caught. Because mm. thought you were so under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Like in my eyes, I'm thinking, why would anybody think I'm selling drugs? Do you know that way? You would like convince yourself that you weren't even selling drugs. <laughs> yeah, like, you know that <laughs> like way. Me, no. But you see, because my head, my, in my eyes, like I, w- I wouldn't sell to the people who are using. Yeah. I'd sell to the people who are dealing. Do you know that way? Okay. So that was even a thing in my head. I'm like, well, I'm covered because I don't have people knocking at me door. At my door, yeah. No I one don't have people around the area knowing yeah. that I'm selling. Just go, I would have sold to the other people who would sell to them. Yeah. Do you know that way? Yeah. 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 It was almost like the wholesaler as such. Mm. So I thought to myself, like, look how could you have found out and how could you this obviously the whole warrant for a way to start putting two to two together but um so yeah four years i was looking at and i remember being down the holding cell in the ctj and there was a fella across the road from me uh, across the across the cell from me and i was like what uh, what did you get you know just what else are you talking yeah. about like, you know in a holding cell like, yeah. you know how's your day yeah and he's like oh 11 years and i'm thinking jesus christ God, I yeah. yeah. You know that way, and I'm thinking like I didn't ask him for what, I didn't nothing yeah. like that. And he was like, uh, "What about yourself?" And I'm like, oh, four. You know, real high pitched, yeah. sort of like, <laughs> shitting himself. 15. Yeah, you know. And then like I was almost like giggling to myself, thinking like, "How are we have to get in here?" Oh my god. That's sort of what what you say to yourself, like, "How does this have to happen?" And then so that's it. You get your um your sentence and then you're, that's it you're yeah so you're put down at the holding cells from the holding cells then you're put into what you call the dog box you know like the prison travel yeah and then you're brought to the prison I didn't even know what prison I was going to yeah and then you're yeah. processed then and I was brought to obviously Mount Joy um, my god what a bleeding place what a place I remember walking in and just doomy and gloomy and about 15 years behind everything yeah. I know this is going to sound really weird but I've actually been in Mountjoy yeah. so I went, we went there in our on school. our fourth year transition yeah. year yeah. and it was I say Tash all the time it was the best experience of my life yeah Well, we look, went to the joke did you know what joke centres are first yeah, yeah. yeah now obviously it wouldn't be for anybody who's been there yeah, for so the, you, on the other but side but the thing about yeah. it is you got to go home that day yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, didn't, you but didn't you you're dead right it's so like behind 15 years oh, behind yeah. like, and then compared to the women's prison yeah like it. I thought the women's prison was like a hotel room but you were just you do you know what it reminds out. me of as in like you had your telly you had your window there have you ever been to like a an old folks home yeah yeah that's like exactly a what home. it's like yeah you go in and there's like different sort of houses right. and within a house there's a sitting room just like this room yeah with tellies and playstations there's a kitchen with washing machines and tumble in dryers for a couple of months get a break literally no. <laughs> they've all got their own individual bedroom with their ensuite yeah, with windows blinds Everything like, and, and then, then you we go over in, to the yeah. lab and you're like, yeah. And like you wonder oh. why they act like caged animals. You literally have them caged like yeah, animals. animals. Yeah. I was. I remember when I got processed. <clears throat> like I remember going in and still it was still all like surreal to me. And there was two guards and like all right, strip down there and I'm thinking, yeah, grand. So strip down to me boxers, you know, <laughs> thinking yeah, that's all right. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm stripped, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm good. What more do you need to do? Yeah, read? and he's like take them off you and I'm thinking oh man I feel like I'm in sleepers or something you know the movie oh, yeah. sleepers like so anyway he's stripped down he's like turn around and I'm thinking 
Oh no. And he's like squat, bend over and I'm thinking, oh, what the hell? This was crazy going on. Yeah. And then he has me like sitting on this thing to check if there's nothing up inside me. Stark was like in front of these two blokes like, and there's a queue of people behind me. You know that way? And I'm thinking. Watching you? Yeah. Oh, wow. So then like I remember uh, going through and you get your prison number. This number, if you actually have a look at my email address, it's in my email address. No way. Yeah, 79083. That's my prison number. So he's Daniel Moore, Danny Bradley, and Dan Moore seven nine zero eight three. No way. Yeah. Well, like, actually, just seven. <clears throat> when you're in there, that's where your number. That's all you ask. So mine oh, is really? seven nine zero eight three. So that number, yeah. So um, I have it in emails. It's just a number that I'll always, always Remember, remember. Yeah. It's never yeah. gonna ever leave me. No. Um, and I remember I went up to the governor then straight after, and he was like, "Right, are you affiliated to any gangs? Are you in this?" And I'm thinking, "Gangs." I'm like, "What?" That's when I thought I said... I, I wasn't even selling drugs, remember? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Just all, no. I'm, I'm all right, I'm yeah. sound. Like, can I go home? Yeah. Um, Is that it? Yeah. Joke's over, lads. Come on. Yeah. Let me out. I'll squat again. Um, like, I don't know why I'm laughing, because this isn't funny. But, like, looking back on it now, yeah, look, you can be a little lighthearted about it, but at the time, it was it was really, really scary. scary. Yeah. Absolutely, it was. So. And it's completely Especially different. Especially when you woke up in your own house that morning, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you're like, where the fuck am I now? When like when the governor player. said to me, uh, talking about gangs, and are you affiliated this, and are you, are you in uh, gangland? I'm thinking, no, like, why? And he's like, why? Because I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting you up here with a lot of individuals that are from all over the country. Like, And in my head, I was thinking, oh, fuck yeah. Like, Never even thought about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I actually don't know who I'm going up to or where I'm going. Like, or, what That's type like of environment? My like what type of environment going up there? And he left me in the holding cells. I oh, sorry, in the reception where they for like three days. Whether he done that on purpose or not, I don't know. Yeah. There was no telly, no nothing. I was literally there with my thoughts. Now it helped because yeah. I was able to sort of come to terms. Process. Yeah. So I sort of said to myself, like, look, do we go up here now as this drug dealer that yeah, I was trying like, to be? Yeah. Do we go up here as... Do you have to be a hard man? Do you have to, like, keep it in the Do back? we go in here with yeah. the chip on my shoulder? Yeah. You know, all that stuff that I had. And I sort of said to myself, no, because it's not going to do me any good no. whatsoever. Yeah. Look It'll where do me... I am now. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I'm going up there. So <clears throat> in my own head, I'm like, look, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm vulnerable. And that's that's exactly what I'm going up to be because mm-hmm. I'm not being anything else. Went up. I knew one or two people in there and they had sort of, look this is the way it is, this is this. And I was like, yeah, no bother, no problem at all. My head was just, do me time, don't get into any trouble, don't piss off anybody. The officer says, look, go shovel shit, I'm going to go shovel shit, you know that way? Um, and it stood to me. It did stand to me. Um, that's a very, like, that's a very good head to go into something like that, you know what I mean? Like, you could have been like, well, fuck them, fuck this, like, I don't give a shit now, like, yeah. I'm going to cause murder now in there, like, you know what I mean? Where you were like, do you know what, I'm going in, get my head down, and then... Oh, you could have went in there kicking and screaming, saying, yeah. let me go, let me do yeah. something. But it wouldn't have stood to me. Yeah. It would have just made things harder for me. But what age were you at that age? 1920? No, so, no, a couple of years have passed, so I got caught dealing probably 20... 23 I think it was 23 I was actually just thinking back in the papers what it says I think it was 23 I got sentenced when I was 24 okay so yeah so that's the age I was going to prison then 23, 24 and um, so in my head I'm thinking just you know what I mean you're a scared 12 year old boy going here that's what you have to be because mm-hmm. that's what it's like um, but as time went on it did stand to me you know um, I made I made a lot of friends in there 
Um, and some seriously, seriously funny stories in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, it's where you live, it's your environment. So yeah. you have to make good with the bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have to sort of do it. Like, um, I've done the woodwork shops. So I spoke to people. I remember, I remember there was one scenario where I was up on the landing and it was, I think it was probably only a weekend. I got moved on the landing and there was a guy there and it was chatting to me. And I was like, real nice guy. And I was thinking, this fella sound, you know what I mean? I was like, He's real nice, you know. And he says to me, he's like, what are you in for? I was like, all right, 15A. He's like, ah, yes. What'd you get us for you? He's ah, yeah. He says, you know, real pleasant. I was like, what about yourself? He's like, murder. I'm like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. Now, here's the other part. He didn't tell me this, but I'd found out it was actually he'd killed his man, dad. Swear to God. In my head, I'm thinking, but he's a real nice guy. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? He is... Like such a genuine nice guy, really is. And I actually, I was actually neighbours with him. So his cell was there, my cell was there, and through me whole sentence, we were beside each other. And he was a million percent like. But to think that he's had to commit this crime, yeah. you can't. You just in your head, I'm thinking, how did he do that? So mm-hmm. it just goes to show, obviously, where people's heads are and what they exactly, do, and so yeah. whatever sets them off. Can't define you, can't it? Not like <laughs> as in these are periods of time in your life, but it shouldn't define you. A mistake that you make. I yeah. know that's a fucking big mistake, but it can't be the be all and end all for you. That's the reason for a prison. It's supposed to be for a reform. And I think and... he was at the time, he was probably there 15 years already. Wow. Yeah. And is he still there? Possibly. I must actually check. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it'd be in the papers if he was yeah, released by yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but geez, yeah. And like that, so many people in there, mm. really, really genuine people that just got caught up in the wrong things been done something wrong that he didn't actually mean that something led him to that and done something you know um, but the whole time I was in prison like obviously I had my partner outside mm-hmm. I had my family outside I had my daughter outside mm-hmm. I my own head was like right you're going to be a good person now you're going to do right you're going to do this I prayed every night I went to mass every week no way Oh yeah, you know, I journaled every night. I in my head I'm like, what's you know, like I was like a man, I was short shank, you know what I mean? I'm like yeah, Andy yeah. Dufresne here, you know, I'm yeah. I'm 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 gonna live right. Um Do you have them? How do you mean? The journals. Did you get to keep all of that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Believe it or not, my partner actually only looked at one of them. It was only a couple of months ago I walked into the room and she's bawling her eyes I was like, What's wrong? And she was looking through it. No, stop, because I just got a little... That's out of putting a lump in my throat. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking, like, when your kids and stuff are older... Yeah. To be able to read that, yeah. like... Yeah, I, still, I actually still have a lot of the stuff. Wow. Um, letters that I wrote to people. Pe- well, not that I wrote to people, that people wrote to me. Yeah, um, yeah I still have a lot Never of the stuff. Never think of, like, putting in a book. Well, it just so happens, so a lot of people have said to me, you should write your book, you should yeah. do this. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I probably will. You know that way? Who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah, she was actually only reading... So they're, they're like the little, um, you know, like the little small diaries. Yeah. They're like that. So I'd loads them because they're really, really small. So wow, it was filling yeah. the pages up, you know, that yeah. way. Um, so yeah, I actually ha- I still have them. Wow. Yeah. Um, but everything I said, everything I'd done when I left prison, it was all a lie. Like, so wait, hang on. I have questions before <coughs> we move out of prison. So when you're in, were you in prison doing drugs? No. You weren't? No. Before you went to prison? Yeah. No, no. Nothing? No. So for the four so like, years... When, it, when, it, when you say nothing, like, 
I was a, I was a lad. Like I'd go yeah. out on the weekend and have a drink. You but know you know weren't like waiting for little dropsies over the fence. Absolutely not. No, Jesus. If I hadn't, I'd probably get a foreigner to make me some white lightning. Do you know what I mean? Once in a blue moon. What's that like, hooch? No, so there's hooch is hooch, right. and then there's white lightning. What's white so lightning? So white lightning is like the same color as that water. Right. So there's hooch, right? Yeah. And then you like you cook it up and you get all the alcohol out and it becomes like that. No. Yeah. Oh man, this stuff would blow the pants off you. It's lethal. So like you pay like 50 quid for like, you know, like little small milk cartons. Yeah. yeah. Pay like 50 quid for one of them. But blow the hell off you. Absolutely. Like Drink it's the pure, whole thing. Yeah, it's pure alcohol. So what I used, what I used to do was, this was like my little, uh, you know, like your little Sunday sesh type yeah. thing. I swear to God. So I became a cleaner. I became a cleaner on the land and so your door is left open, you know. Yeah. Your, yeah, it's closed probably at about 10 o'clock. Trusties. Yeah, it? trusty. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I used to have a guy in the... Uh, in the bakery who would get me nice bread right I used to have a guy then in the kitchen who would get me some eggs no, right? right no word of lie yeah so if, so if a Sunday comes you know I'd get on the Pavel down on D1 I'd say Pavel <laughs> cook me up some of the good stuff Back you know yeah off. I swear to God so the milk carton would get dropped up I'd have the couple of uh, raw eggs there and then I'd have the bread and I'd toast the bread so what I'd do is I'd get a plastic bag and I'd crack the eggs into the plastic bag Flip it into a kettle that I had. Oh, yeah. Boil it up. Them. Oh, right? my God. Mix them up, a bit of salt and pepper, right? I'd uh, get me bread then and I'd burn, I'd burn like paper and toast me bread, right? No word of a lie. And I'd get my waddy then as well out of the tuck shop. So I'd have me little glass, little sip of my waddy in it, yeah. me little me little eggs on toast and I'd have like the high kings or something playing, you know, like ballads or something <laughs> yeah. playing. And there I am, absolutely loving life. But that's the thing, you make the good thing out of yeah. a bad situation. Isn't that like that's what you looked forward to? And oh, that was your that like, was Sunday, my that you know was my I mean? that was yeah. my yeah. So that like, was mad. Yeah. It just shows you how much the little things yeah, really matter. Really matter. Oh, you know man, what I mean? The little things. Yeah. Somebody here's the little things. So there was actually somebody and he was out in court that day, saying Tullamore or something like that. And he stopped off at like Burger King on the way back and he got in Burger King and he was great. So I remember he was passing my cell door. He's like, Danny, I got you something. I was like, yeah, what is it? He gave me like a couple of barbecue sachets of Burger King sauce. And no. I, I was like, yes. Couldn't wait for Sunday to come around. So I had me eggs with barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it was epic. The best thing he the ever best, ate. The best, you know? And like, you're just thinking how simple yeah. a sachet of yeah. barbecue sauce could be. Literally. So like, you don't take things for granted. Yeah, you know, that yeah. Way. But um, yeah, so they were my little things like. They're so cool to like, not cool, but like when you hear actual proper stories, because you see things can be exaggerated and stuff on telly and when yeah, you don't talk to, like people need to know what it's really like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we're not also glorifying it either to say, no, oh yeah, go not. in there. No. It's great. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, did you get any of the like hairy side of it? As in, look, you see. You, yeah. Yeah. Like you see a lot of stuff and a lot of scary stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I think my first night in there, I remember seeing one fella, he was on the landing and straight over a jug of scalding hot water. So they give you these jugs. Now, this was happening on the daily. You give you these jugs. They're like big plastic jugs. So what people do is people would uh, fill them with scalding hot water. They'd scald the person and then they could hold it in their hand and use this almost like a hammer to hit the person then. But like, that was just, that would happen frequent enough. And then there was another time I was walking back to my cell after yard and the landings are quite narrow. So it was coming down the landing and there was a fella in front of me and within the blink of an eye, his whole face was opened. And I looked and there was blood spewing and squirting and I was like, what the hell? It was all over me. Somebody has somebody was in the cell that he was passing, knew that he was coming past and oh, literally so within a couple of seconds, straight down his whole face and I made it from there. And then there's been other times where you'd look out the cell window into another yard, say, and you could see it all happening. Like it happens 
more more than Anne. You know, how like, do you stay away from like I know you said like, but how like do they? I would think then if you're not getting involved, they'd in that, pick and on they you pick or something. On, yeah. yeah. So when how do in, you keep quiet and be like, look, I don't want any trouble. Like, it, look, it, it's hard. Right? Yeah. It was. I, I suppose I was fortunate enough that. So when you're in there, mm. it's almost like yeah, which area? That's the way it works. Your area. Okay. So my area is Blanchestown. You'd have Kewlock, you'd have Crumlin, you'd have Ballyfermot. Oh no way. So they yeah. do that. So that's the way it is. It's areas. Oh, so, I never realised that. So you sort of stick to your area, like you'd hang around with people in your area. Oh, so you know right, that way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so if there was something that was to happen, say Crumlin and Kewlock, something happened, some sort of difficulty happened between them, and there's going to be a big out in the yard. If someone in that area didn't pull their way, or you know, come about yeah. and back somebody up when they should have backed somebody up, like that could fall back on them. So in my head, I'm thinking, right, if something happens, with a couple of lads out of Blanche, like, oh, I'm going to have to jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the shit was on the other foot one time. Like there was a time when I was actually going out for it. Uh, I was in I was in the rec room when I was playing uh, pool, or I was waiting to play pool, and I was next to play, you know. And a fella said, "I'm next," and I said, "No, look." I'm actually next. My euros on the table. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wish. My barbecue sauce is on the table. So I was like, no, look, I'm actually next. And he was like, oh, fucking next start. You know, and in my head, I'm thinking, shit, this is going to kick off now, you know. And I'm standing down there and there's pool kills around. But long before I know it, one fella who from my area seen all this happen and walked over and just literally sparked them clean out. And I'm standing there and I'm like, yeah, 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 you're lucky. You know that way, like, <laughs> you know that way. And in my head, I'm thinking, fuck. Yeah. So obviously, I was, I was ready to get going if something had kicked off. Yeah. Like he, he told me, he's to. like, yeah. He was like, look, okay, I don't fucking mind him. I'm thinking, yeah, okay. yeah, sound. I didn't mind him anyway. I was yeah. just about to do that. But <laughs> that was me sort of initial thing, thinking something's gonna kick yeah. off. Yeah. You know? So I have to be there. Yeah. And yeah. especially when you want to keep under the radar, and you're like, fuck, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, um, thank God, nothing nothing too serious ever happened yeah. but yeah you see a lot of scary scary things in there you hear a lot of crazy stories the the crimes people committed but yeah you just have to get on with it I suppose and the only other question I have before we move on with the story because I always think about this as well have you ever met someone randomly like walking down the street or whatever one day that you were in prison with yeah yeah and has your missus or whatever ever been like, who hey, was that? And you'd be like, oh, no, and he was down the water, down the, the landing yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, the house. Yeah, no, the husband that time. So, so it's almost like, so if you know somebody, excuse me, if you know somebody and they've been in prison with you and you meet them on the street, so it's almost like a little code or something. Unwritten rule. Yeah, so you just go, oh, yeah, I know you from the other place, don't they? No way. Yeah, yeah. No so way. it's always the other place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've, I've gone through treatment and stuff all these other things and you know we recognise the face and straight away like do you play football and like no say for instance it was no and you're like do you do this and like no and you're like oh. you ever locked up and you're like yeah and like, that's where it is you know that way that's mad yeah so that's obviously where it is yeah. but there has been times where I've been walking down a corner street or something like that and you'd see someone and they'd shout across and you're like oh Jesus there he is you know right, from the other place yeah yeah, yeah. I'll keep here for that now <laughs> so I suppose to kick off mm-hmm. when when I, what I was talking about there was all my lawyers yeah so you get out of prison yeah so the reason it was all lawyers is because I came out of prison and I had all these promises that I was going to do this and I was going to do well and the whole acceptance thing came back you know I yeah. was getting the street credit everybody knew I was in prison everybody wanted to be my friend and I latched onto it I loved it you know um, so I started the party you know um, I started to do drugs 
Uh, cocaine would have been a big, big thing for the scene. So I'd be going out, say, for Bleeding Wednesday, coming back of a Sunday, all this. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And my partner was like, look, you can't keep doing this. This is the same girl. Yeah, 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 the How same girl. How long have you been going out with her? Nearly 19 years. Wow. Wow, so you were young getting together. Yeah, yeah, really young, yeah. Yeah, so wow. I was like 16, she was like 15. Yeah. Jesus, she would have done less for murder. Yeah, yeah, no, look. <laughs> Every day, I try and tell her how grateful I am, you know, yeah. that way. Um, but, so, obviously, she was like, look, you can't keep doing this. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm only enjoying myself. I was locked up, yeah. you know, leave me alone, all this shit, you know. Just making excuses. Things got worse and worse and worse. Addiction spoiled, like, I was dry sniffing. Do you know that way? I wasn't partying, I wasn't this. I was playing hiding in room sniffing, you know. I wasn't sitting around tables anymore with people. I was hiding in fields. Got completely out of hand. So we got to the point where my partner was like, look, and at this time we'd have a, we'd had our second child as well, you know? And she was like, look, I can't have you in the house. And I'm thinking, all right, well, where am I supposed to go, you know? And she's like, look, I can't have you in the house. Which I know now, she was right. Yeah. Why would you have somebody in the house that's, you know, that's doing drugs around kids and around stuff? And my own family, obviously, I had lied, manipulated, stole, done everything to them, you know? So they couldn't have me around. So I found myself, I was homeless. Um, and I remember, so we would have been working as well. And I remember I'd lost my job as well around the, the same time in my addiction that I had. But I had like some money left over. So I bought a little car, you know, I think I paid like 250 quid for off adverts or something. And my initial thought was, if I have a car, I'm grand. I can drive wherever I want to go, you know, and I can sleep in it. Got to the point where I had no money for petrol. So I had parked it up in a house in the state of Blanchestown. And I was sleeping on that. And I was there for a couple of, probably a couple of months. And... In my head, I was thinking, shit, like, this is bad. Yeah. You know, like, this is fucking bad. Um, and it was my 29th birthday. Still to this day, I'll always remember. Uh, 29th birthday, about four in the morning. Pissing rain and out, horrible weather. And knock on the window like that. And I was like, looked up and I was just seeing the sort of blue lights, the sorry, and the reflection off the grass. I was thinking, fuck, guards, you know what I mean? In my head, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So anyways, the guard, look... You're going to have to move, he says to me. No, he's polite. wasn't any way bleeding, being disrespectful to me. He's look, you're going to have to move. And I looked at him and I said, seeing all the jackets that I was covering myself, I was just, how do you expect me to move, guys? I'm living in this. And he looked at me, saying the weather, he's saying everything. And he just didn't look through me, looked at me and he said, look, just look after yourself, will you? My initial thought was, fuck. So that way, it sort of hit me. And... Like, his job was to get rid of me. He was getting complaints. He didn't. He just told me to look at myself and do whatever I needed to do to get me away from what I was at. Yeah. Um, I remember getting back into the car, locking the doors, throwing the blanket, or throwing the jackets back over me, and lying there, thinking, what the fuck? Like, this is bad. How the fuck did I get like this? You know that way? And I was like, look after myself. How the hell am I going to look at What? What is it? And so it was, I knew it was my addiction. It was my addiction that got me to where I was, that took me kids, took me partner away from me, took me family away from me, took everything away from me. It was my addiction. That's what it was. So my sister, um, my real sister, mm -hmm. she had actually sort of, she, tough love, you say, you know. Um, she wouldn't take me in, but she was on the phone for me as well. Um, and she says to me, look, give Kill Moyne a go. So I made contact with Kill Moyne, um, and I remember going in to like the assessment for those that don't know what Kilmine is, can you explain? Yeah, yeah. So Kilmine is uh, rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. um, they have day programs. They have um, residentials. They have 
women's it's it's a phenomenal really really is a phenomenal place um if anybody's ever struggling just check it out um but i remember going in for the assessment and your man looked at me and he said like what's the problem and i was like look i'm addicted to cocaine like and that was my first ever time to say that to say i'm addicted to cocaine so not only was it actually admitting i had an issue but i was almost realizing Shit, yeah, you know that way. I was like, "Fuck!" And he looked at me. Obviously, he's probably doing twelve of these assessments a day. Mm. He looked at me and said, "Okay, so what you want to do?" And I'm thinking, "What can I do?" You know. And he's like, "Do you want a day program?" And I'm thinking, "What's a day program?" And he explained a day program. You know, you come in every day, you go home to your house. You're like, we'll give you meetings, we'll give you groups, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And in my head, I'm like, "But I've nowhere to go." I've you know that way. To go to home to. Yeah. So he's like, okay, so what about residential? And I'm like, well, what's that? He says, you live there. He says, it's a six-month program. He says, overall, it's about a year. And I was thinking, yeah, I need something tough. You know, I, mean? like, I, was, I definitely need something tough because I have an issue. And he's like, right, so I started like the pre-entries. So I'd go into town twice a week, give clean urines, have a group, check in. You know, if I have any issues. While I'm doing that, I, um, I talk about aunt that was coming up for me. So I helped. When I started doing that, Nicola was obviously saying I was making an effort. Um, so she'd sorry, funny doesn't know Nicola be partner. Um, so she'd uh, she started me letting me come back into the home, you know, see the kids, family started getting come back. So in my head, I'm thinking, Jesus, it's all coming back to me yeah. now, you know, a couple of little steps and it's all coming back to me. While I was all doing this, my partner's father was battling cancer as well, and he would have been a big part of my growing up, my life. He was like a best friend to me, you know, he really was an amazing. If I ever want to be anybody, I'd love to be him. He was such a great role model. How he treated his family, how he treated everybody. He was an amazing man. Um, he had passed away. And this is something that I'm not proud of. But I have to say it because there's probably somebody out there that would relate to it. So I was clean. And today at the funeral, um, Nicola, my partner, was obviously going through a lot, you know. Our dad has just passed away. I'm supposed to be there to support her. Um, and I'm in the pub in the afters and all, and we're all sitting there, and I'm drinking a zero zero, you know. And everybody's saying, "Well done, well done." And in my head, I'm thinking, "Yeah, I had left, I'd went, and I got a bag of cocaine and used." And I remember Nicola coming home, and she looked at me, and she just the distraught across she her face. She away. knew straight away. And I remember, I just in my own head, where my head was at there, and then I just thought, "Get out of this place quick!" So I ran. And I had cocaine on me. And I remember she had actually come out looking for me. And she was, she walked up the road and I remember looking at her. And I could have called her, but I didn't because I had cocaine on me. So I said, nah, she was cocaine. So I went and used for a couple of days while she's mourning her father. So in my head now, yeah, I can speak about it, but I'll never, ever forgive myself for that. Never, ever forgive myself. I don't think she'll ever forgive me, but which I understand, you know that way? Um, and I'd got the call to say there was a bed for Kim Moyen. Um, like three days. I'd say I'd three days to get in. And in my head, I'm thinking, I've a dirty urine. Like, oh, yeah. I've ruined everything now. Yeah. That's it, I'm gone. So... Say that was on the Tuesday when I was using. I was to get the, I was going to kill mine on the Friday, <clears throat> and uh, I went. I'd rang Nicola, and I said, "Look, I'm going to kill mine." She didn't really want to speak to me, which you could imagine. 
And I just said, look, will you leave some clothes out in a bag for me? She did. Why? I don't know, but she did. Because she and, loved you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember walking up to the apartment, up the stairs, not even going near the door, and just grabbing the clothes and running. And I went, walked in the doors, cool mine. And in my head, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm just going to get thrown back out of here because I have a dirty euro. Yeah, they're going to know. They're going to know. Um, so I went in and... Uh, they said to me, yeah, look, we'll get the euro and I'll be soon. I'm thinking, fuck, fuck, you know, yeah, shit. To this day, I think Nicholas' father was looking over me. It was three days by the time to get me a euro. No. So whatever I had used, whatever it's I had gone. done, it's was gone. gone out of my system. So they gave me the euro, they gave me the euro and my euro was clean. So I don't know what it was, I don't know why they did it. Like, the initial thing is when you arrive on site, you get yeah, a euro and they yeah. test the euro there and then. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was that made them not do it, I you don't know. Blessed. I was blessed. He was definitely so looking down. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I done my program at Mine an amazing place. I done six months uh, residential and then I done like a step down period where I'd go back there every day and then like an aftercare and then I graduated after a year. While I was in there to get to the whole football thing, football would have been a big part of my life. Um, Who do you support? United. <laughs> Two years old, you were old, Rose, anyway. Liverpool? Yeah. My dad's. You even look like a Liverpool sport, does that make sense? Yeah. Born and bred Liverpool sport, so probably written all over my face. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what it is? Disappointment. I have a resting bitch face. Because I'm so disappointed that my dad made me sport. Oh, God. Back in 1989. Yeah. So, like, football was always a thing for me. Um, Obviously, addiction took that away. So, uh, Kilmoyne encouraged me to go and play with the Irish Street Lakes so they'd have like tournaments and then with the Irish Street Lakes they hold a homeless World Cup every year and it just so happens that this year it was on in Mexico City in 2018 wow. so in my head I'm like right, go for the trials do this went for the first couple of trials got a call back went for the second couple of trials got a call back and I'm bleeding in my head though no word of a lie I'm a firm believer of the law of attraction right yeah. in my head I was visualising it all yeah. when I was going to the trial when I was going to the trials right I was looking across at people and thinking yeah he'll be with me yeah he'll be with me no this person way. no I was visualising yeah. it all right? we'll we, on the team. we actually had a couple of minutes conversation before Tasha came in this evening we said we weren't allowed to talk about anything to do with the podcast we were having conversations about something else and Danny was saying that I love people watching when I was standing outside I was waiting and I was making up stories about people and I was like me and Tasha do oh, yeah. that people watch I love Put people watching voices and all on yeah. to it. oh I'm like I bet you he knows her you know yeah. like all so he this was stuff like, oh, he's gonna be like, on do you my... think they're on a date do you think they're on yeah, a date yeah or is it a forced yes. date or not yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I know by the hand I'd, I'd be out for dinner with my friends and I'd be like at the next table like full-blown in their conversation <laughs> and they're like Tasha Come back here. to the room and I'm like yeah, yeah. My Nicholas the same. My Nicholas, my Nicholas the same. She'd be looking at me. She's like, uh, hello, will you yeah. stop? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'd be in everyone's conversation in the restaurant. And then it's always like, even my friend Grace, I was yeah. like, Tasha. I'm like, can you not hear yeah, that? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but I'm here to see you. And I'm like, why? But I don't know what <laughs> it is. table like, next is, is really each other. I, I love knowing people's business. Like, I'd be driving down the street and if I seen somebody, if I seen somebody, you know, like, waving a, a hand or something like that, or shouting, Stop. I'm slowing down, windows down, and I'm like... I'm the... Uh, do you know what? It's mad. Like, I'm so like you. It's unbelievable. Like, I was only saying that before Literally, you like, that's mental. Yeah. I'd be like, what, today? Uh, was it today or yesterday? I was in pavilions and I seen this woman, like, struggling with her bags, but she was kicking her potatoes the whole way down from Dunn's and she was at, like, Starbucks. You and I was like, her. I said, are you okay? And she was like, 
I can't carry it. And I was like, oh my God, give me that. <laughs> I'll and do she that was like, for you. Are you sure? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I, I'm always in everyone's business. Yeah. Do you need me to do that? What's wrong? Yeah. All right, Grant, I'll do that. Yeah. And then I'd be like tapping myself on the shoulder and all thinking I'm dead. Well done, Tash. That's your good deed. For oh, yeah, no. So, so me, and, me and Nicholas were talking about this. If I do something, oh. I ain't going to broadcast it. Oh, everywhere. I'd be like, well, I put it on my Instagram just in case. If I do something, I'm going to broadcast yeah. it. Nicholas, Nicholas come in from work, right? After doing yeah, everything same, right? all day. After doing everything all day, right? She'll come in and I'm like, <clears throat> stuck on two washes there and washed all the belts and done all this. And she's like, Sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just letting you know. Yeah. You know that way? And she's like, like Facebook now with your two kids, so oh, man, yeah. like she, she wins. She does this stuff like without, like, just religiously, and <laughs> I don't even bat an eyelid. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And realistically, I should be giving her credit yeah. every single day because I pure seek credit. I'm like, hung out the washing. You know that way? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, it's just That's like me all over. I can imagine you sitting there saying that so where. Uh, did ah, but like, did you see yeah. the kitchen? Did you clean, see that? Clean the kitchen, did you see it? 100%. Like, I'm going to say. That's what everything. my brother says all the time. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Tashi, now it's not a competition to clean the house. I'm like, well, if it was, I'm winning. Just yeah. to let you know. And he's like, yeah, it's not. Like, we're both just doing our bit. I'm like, yeah. Well, I'll do all of it then. So I can see you sitting at like this football trials and I'm picturing all these like, you know, like speech bubbles coming out. Yeah. Your, head, your thoughts being like, right, he's going to be centre back. So, he's going to be yeah. a striker. I'm going to have him as a goalkeeper. Yeah. So that's what it was like. So it was visioning all these people. I'm like, yeah, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it all. So anyways, long and behold, I got picked. Um, I got picked by the team to what go over. What do you play? Centre mid. Okay. So I got picked by the team to go over um, to Mexico City. And this was another thing where I thought amazing couldn't believe I was after been doing this so excuse me I remember the night before they put us up in a hotel near Dublin airport because we were flying out early and they made it really really special like the guys in the homeless world cup and the Irish street league Sean Cavanagh and all the lads they do an amazing work for men and women and I remember opening the hotel door and they had all the jerseys laid out with our names on it Stop. all all the Irish jerseys you know your, your national jersey with yeah. your name on it everything laid out like proper professional they even gave you spending money no way yeah a little envelope over there. Like, and they, w- they wouldn't have a lot of money yeah, yeah. but whatever yeah. it is they wanted to make it special for us yeah. and my god they did over there then I remember I remember we were in the trials one of the trainers he was like telling you when he's over there make sure you just grasp everything with both hands and all he says it's something that if you start crying cry you know and I'm thinking crying I'm not going to cry <laughs> you know that way like, the minute he walks off the plane Music blaring. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know when it was? Do you know when it was? No word of lie. So I was literally standing in Sakalo Square with the Irish jersey on, about to kick off in a fourth game, and the national anthem was playing. I'm standing there, hand on the crest, <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, "Don't cry." What the fuck's going on? <laughs> what is this? Do you know what I mean? Oh, something in my eye. You know that way, like the humidity here. <laughs> you know that way. And I was thinking, oh man, but it was something that was really, really special. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, when obviously, I think we were over there for like 11 days, tournaments. We actually won uh, the Telmex Cup over there. We brought a cup and all home. No it, was brilliant. Yeah. it was brilliant. And with us, after winning the cup, um, we were asked to go on, myself and the founder of the Street Lakes, uh, Sean Cavanagh, was asked to go on, Moira and Dottie. Oh, oh yes. yes. So, Look at you. Oh, this, we? He told everyone Dottie. that's who he was. But you see, like I'm telling you, in my head I'm thinking, Moira and Dottie, I didn't know who Moira was. I had an idea who Dottie was. Yeah. So we had to get the, Yeah, yeah. So we had to get the train down to Cork and me and my Ireland jersey and all this, you know. He's famous. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in the studios and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, so when did he call us in? And then 
this girl's like, sorry, could you pass in here in this little room? He's like, yeah, sits me up on a chair and <laughs> you know, they have all the lights around the, uh, the oh, mirror. Yeah. And I'm thinking, there's makeup here. You know, I was like, why am I doing, what's makeup? And she's like, no. And I'm thinking, you put makeup on me? <laughs> she started putting makeup on me, if I tell you, you know that way? Oh and I'm thinking, God. I turned to her and I says, do you know what's funny? And she goes, well, she goes, I was living in a car this time last year. I said, now I'm in RT Studios getting makeup put on my face. And she started laughing, you know, and I was thinking, isn't that crazy? Yeah. How we could be in such a bad place yeah. and you can do a complete another 360. So in my head, I was like, you know what? This is, this is what you should be doing in life. Yeah, it, Putting makeup on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Brushing up and doing Hell everything new. else. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was almost, for my whole life growing up, I had blinkers on. Mm. I was tunnel vision that. I'm gonna always have this chip on my shoulder. I'm gonna always think a guard at a scum. I'm gonna always be associated with drugs. That's from that's what my thinking was. Yeah. It was only then when I thought, you know what? Your past doesn't determine your future. Mm-hmm. And that that is a true saying. Um so I went on and just started doing anything I could, testing myself in what way I could, you know what I mean? I went back walking. Um I start I start I set up a running club. You know that way? Lockdown came along and I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'd love to go running. You know, I'd love to there's a running club around Dublin. And I was thinking, around D15, I was thinking, there's not. I was like, I'm going to start one. So I started up a running Fair club. Play. Do you know that way? Yeah. Um, it's all these little things that you sort of say, nah, you could never do that. See, why not? Who, who says you can't? Like, yeah. Is there a road anywhere that you can't do it? Um, there's just so much that you can do if you just look past all the negative and all the shit that you think setting stone for you it's mm. not you know that way and did you ever relapse or anything no no wow so I've gone five years I actually got that tattoo for, I was gonna to ask celebrate did they mean anything yeah so the cage is my addiction right mm-hmm. the board the lovely board with all the colours the fresh board that's me outside of my addiction of course nice and colourful the flowers mm. which will get more colour that's all the lovely things that's in recovery wow mm. do you know that way because there's so many lovely things out there that we don't even look now, I would do anything now if somebody says it. Um, Sean Cavanaugh of the Irish Street Leagues rang me up and says, uh, would, you go on a, would you go on a show, Hell Week or something? He didn't know what it was called. And I didn't know what it was called. I didn't, I was, yeah, sure. I says, why? He says, oh, I think you're mentally strong. He says, I think you'd be great for it. Okay. Had no idea what it was. Went for an interview. Went for a fitness test, like a cast interview. And I was like, yeah. They rang me and said, oh, look, we'd love to have you on the show. And I'm thinking, show? Wait, like, what is, is it? Like, is this not like a dating? <laughs> no word of a lie. No word of a lie. I was like, is this not like a dating? And they're like... Oh, so you hadn't looked it up at all? No. Okay. And then I went home and I YouTubed a trailer of it. And you were like, oh, fuck. <sighs> I felt like I was having like four years again. <laughs> I shot myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. So I was like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like, what have I had to sign up for? But then I said to myself, do you know what? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Give it a go. So uh, I went on the show and I remember looking around all these people. They were like gym freaks, like muscles on muscles. And I'm amongst all these, like a baby seal, you know, just like <laughs> sitting there like, man, I am out my depth. You know that way? And you have to like, at the start of the series, you'll see they strip you all off, you know, mm. and you're standing in your boxes and I'm rattling. And you said you want me to take the box or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, in the wait, 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 I've done this before. It's okay. <laughs> in there, squat. Yeah. Ready. Yeah, yeah. Wait, we're not supposed to do this? <laughs> oh, God. But like, I remember Dan thinking like, 
Oh, I'm out my depth here. But yeah. then I was like, you know what, just go with it. Yeah. Um, and I lasted like two days. I think it was like after the four, six hours, I had like four broken ribs and the cartilage removed from my breastbone. What? Yeah. How? So they do, uh, they done a thing like it was a uh, close combat. Right. So it was like two on one. And also it was ready to have like the likes of Declan Gardy, you oh, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a, a professional boxer. And man, I looked at him and I was seeing the blows he was trying to take a place down, put me in with him. Yeah. But like, uh, so it was two on one. Yeah, so, don't, are you in like a circle or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And you have to like get yeah, so, one out or something. So it was two on one. So it was me against two other lads. And I had to try and defend myself while also hitting them. It's like controlled aggression, they call it. Right. And I remember like, like just covering my ribs and trying to hit. But as I was doing that, I was getting like six, seven blows in. Back, and I was thinking, yeah. man, this is tough. And I remember one of them landed and I was like, this is sore. And literally just cracked me. And then my breastbone as well. Literally, when oh, if that was the sorest. Done that to you. Oh, <laughs> Name and shame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what was really difficult doing that? So they put like men against women. No. So I remember really? there was me and another dude against a girl that was like smaller than me. And in my head, I'm like, I can't hit her. I'm like, I, uh, yeah. my, my I'm mind. sure she had no problem hitting you. But... No, but in my head, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not worried to hit a, a female like this. Yeah. yeah. And I remember. Uh, I remember the guy shouting, fucking get in there. And I'm like, I can't, you know. And I kept sort of swinging as if it was going to hurt and just slowing down. But I was getting into more trouble for doing that. But I remember afterwards, she came up, she walked past, she's like, thanks. Aww. You know, and I'm thinking, hey, you're all right, but I'm nearly after, like, I'm, yeah, I'm in bits I'm here. Yeah, like, I'm in bits. <laughs> so um, I remember they told me, I think, like, after eight hours, look, the injury you have, you're going to have to go. And I'm like, look, I don't want to be, I don't want to go, you know. And I'm like, look, the injuries you have, you're not going to go much further. So I was like, look, let's just see how it got on. And then I remember like they thrown us off like a 60 foot bridge into water and the impact then didn't help whatsoever. And it was just a loads of other things that you were doing. Didn't help. So look, I had to hand the number in. What was the sleep? Excuse me. Like, oh yeah, so. Because Deco was, yeah. was on, he said his problem was the sleep. Now he was like, I can't sleep if someone even blinks beside me. Yeah, and he said everyone so was sleep... in the same room snoring their heads yeah. up. So, Were you this one snoring? I, so, so, <laughs> if I actually heard somebody snoring, it would probably would have helped me. Oh really? Because I don't remember. Look, I remember. So say they'd let us go for about eight hours, nine hours, they were torturing us. And then he said, it was Roy, make his beds up. And I remember making the beds up, thinking, yes, you know, we'll get to sleep. <laughs> so I made it up, and, I, and with the ribs and the cartilage thing, I was like trying myself to get cunt. I was like, oh, trying to figure it away. And I remember there was one where they got it, and I was like, yeah, now. And I lied there, and in my head, I'm thinking, I wonder how long they let us sleep for. And then I was thinking, oh man, I'm really hungry. And I was just going through little thoughts, and I'm like, I want to eat it. Next of all, the bars in, get that fuck up. And they're like, what? I didn't even sleep. Like, what? What do you mean, get up? <laughs> Wait, I'm still thinking, hold yeah. on. So that was it. So that's the only time. No way. Yeah, no, that was the only, for me, obviously they kept everybody else awake. So sleep deprivation was one of the really, really tough things in there. Like you, you can't function on sleep deprivation. No. Do you know how it's, it's horrific. Um, so yeah, that's another thing I suppose that I done that I thought I'd never ever do. Yeah. It's another thing that I could just sort of say, tried that, done that. Um, the Goggins challenge as well. My boyfriend was looking on your Instagram. He's like, oh, he did the Goggins challenge. And I was like, what's that? Yeah, this is on the way home last night and he was telling me I've seen you doing Goggins Challenge and I was like yeah what is it tells me every single detail about <laughs> yeah. your man Goggins I was like yeah no I didn't ask that I just asked like what is the main thing and he was like so anyway then when I read his book like da, 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 I'm like I was actually at my front door then he was like he works from home so he's looking at me and he's like there you are now and I'm like 
don't talk to me when I get in that door. <laughs> he I lo- said, he I loves asked all you that one stuff. thing <laughs> and you literally have told me this fella's where he was born, fucking everything. And he's like, but you yeah, see, but I never told you this part. And I'm like, you'll get that with know. everybody. Who, I don't know. Everybody who likes Goggins, you're going to get that from everyone. Yeah. Oh my God. I latched onto him as well. Mm. Like, and he would be a big part of why I am where I am now yeah. with me mindset and stuff because of where he was and when you read his book and you listen to his podcast and stuff his whole thinking his whole mentality it's fucking unreal and I sort of tried to incorporate some of that in my own sort of thinking and looked at the whole Goggins challenge look I set up the running club D15RC um, I found it and I remember after about 8 or 9 months I couldn't manage it you know so got a couple of people to help me and we've we've now set up an amazing club we have a great committee um it's probably 70 or 80 active members at the minute wow. you know um it's amazing if it wasn't for everybody that helps you know it really wouldn't be where it is but i remember just as we set that up um in my head i think oh well, yeah i can run so i'm gonna do this goggins challenge yeah said. you know i'm gonna do it now i haven't ran at this point i didn't run more than probably 20k at this time right the goggins challenge overall it's about 78k like when you add it all together. Yeah, what do you say? Two Martins and 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. So you start running on the Friday and you finish running on the Sunday. So you're running four miles, which is six and a half K every four hours for 48 hours. So I remember starting um, start at four o'clock on the Friday thinking, yeah, this is great. You know, yeah. got, to the, got to the eight o'clock when this is great. Got to the five o'clock and thinking, geez, I'm feeling a little tired here, you know, and you can't sleep. Because you're no, running. I was going to say, you're resting or no? <clears throat> no, because in between, so say you start at four o'clock, you go back to your house probably five o'clock, you have something to eat, you get showered, yeah. you get changed, you're going out to you're run again. You're going back out again, yeah. Do you know that way? So <laughs> there's actually a funny story at this time when I've done this. Um, obviously, I was really struggling, and it was the second 4 a.m. run. Um, I started hallucinating. Stop. Yeah, so I started hallucinating, and my body started to shut down, and I was coming down, if I didn't even know it was Blanche's town, I was coming down to Snugborough Road. And I was literally running in a zigzag, trying to keep myself up. And I couldn't. In my head, I was like, oh, I need sugar. I just need something sugar. I was yeah. like the hypoglycemia, whatever it's called. I was like, I need something. And this is like a half hour. I'm like, nowhere is open. So I seen these little red things on the ground. Blurred visions of red things on the ground. And I was like, I picked them up. They were sachets of McDonald's ketchup. Right? No word of light. I hadn't even got the strength to open them. I was like gnawing them. And there was a girl beside me. And I was like, she took them off me, bit them open for me, like say six of them, and I got them and I squirted them all into my mouth. And I'd say within the space of about 50 seconds, because of the high sugar content, I was alert and I was like, let's go, gone. That was it. Oh my God. Crazy. But like... You've got a thing for sauce, haven't you? Yeah, no. Saucy. <laughs> yeah, saucy. <It's> saucy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like crazy. So like, I've done the, so I've done the Goggins the last three years now, every year. Uh, for okay. charity mm. unreal it's great um, but I'm just I'm sort of at the point now so just test yourself you know somebody says you can't just do it why not yeah it's, absolutely it's so, so how did you get into then so you've got like your running club all that yeah. sort of stuff how could you just how did you start telling your story then where did all that kind of come from so I'd always so Kill cool Moyne would always ask me to uh, you know just, would you come back in and speak to other people who was in there and say yeah no problem at all I'd always never I'll never show you away from any story because if I speak to 100 people and one person gets something from it, job yeah. done. Job done. Um, so it used to go back to Kilmwine and Kilmwine used to ask me to do a couple of things like whether it was events or anything like that. They actually asked me to 
go to a Damien Dempsey concert one time and stand up in the middle of St. Dance Park and talk and yeah I've done that as well did you? Yeah. Way. shit myself no absolutely shit myself fair yeah. play yeah so we've done that as well at St. Dance Park yeah at St. Dance Park um, so I said to myself I want to try and raise money for this Goggins Challenge so I had emailed the Independent and I was like hey look I want to raise money for this Goggins Challenge and I was like if you want I'll talk about anything of my past and they're like well what's your past you know latched on the way so we sort of in the email I highlighted sort of similar my past and stuff and what I'm trying to do and they said yeah look we'd love to have we'd love to write an article so they wrote an article and then when the article was released the next day bang news talk news, what was it news talk FM yeah. Pat Kenny straight on We'd that's the TikTok it. I seen yeah, yeah. Mm. so then he gets on straight away and they're like yeah will you come in and I was thinking yeah okay and then the Indo Daily got on and they want to do a podcast and then all these little people I'm thinking Jesus this is blown <laughs> up like yeah. this is crazy and um, like I'd always talk to people but like this is like mainstream stuff yeah, you know yeah. um, and then Ireland AM actually contacted me then and said look we'd love to have you on the show and I was thinking fuck like I'm going to be on telly here you know I was like putting the makeup yeah, on again yeah. who needs more than that you like going <laughs> back in here you know what I mean um, so I went to Ireland AM then as well and Tommy and Alan great guys really nice you know had a little chit chat beforehand and all and obviously spoke on that so I guess that's obviously where it came out telling me story yeah. um, and then since that then a lot of people have sort of reached out to me um, or tried to reach out to you oh <laughs> Absolutely harboring that. Harboring that, isn't she? <laughs> oh, man. LinkedIn for life. <laughs> oh, somebody actually only reached out to me again on LinkedIn the other day. There you I, go. No, no, no word of a lie, right? No word of a lie. My first initial, initial thought was, oh, I better reply. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Because I better reply to Christine. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I better reply. <laughs> um, so since that, obviously, people have reached out um, contacting me just... People who are actually struggling themselves yeah. reached out. Um, look, I can relate your story. And then there was like parents. Look, I have sons. I have daughters. I have this. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I'll happily speak to anybody. Wow. I'll share my story. I won't hide that because for so long I was always afraid to be judged. Mm. And this is where the whole accepting thing was. I was always afraid for people to really get to know me mm. in case they didn't like me. If somebody's listening and they think I'm a gobshaw if I speak the way I'm speaking now. That's that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's your shit, not mine. I'm all right with the way I am. Do you know that way? For so long, I was... Like I said, if you told me you like basketball, I loved basketball. Do you know mm-hmm. that way? If yeah. you told me you loved badminton, yeah, I'm, I'm a pro. What if I told you I loved Liverpool? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too like, far. <laughs> I, guess, I guess now I'm just... I'm all right yeah. with being yeah. me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm all right with people knowing me. You know yeah. that way? And... I think as well, you grow to like love yourself as well. Like, you know what I mean? Especially in your thirties, I found like, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I, it was when I fell in love with me Mm. where in my twenties, you're thriving so hard or like you were thriving so hard in life to like get people to like you. And then you just get to a point where you're like, I'm tired of this. But I think there's a, there's a big problem nowadays. I see people trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, whether it's taking drugs wearing a certain clothes you know as cliche as it might sound be yourself yeah you know what I mean let the person love you for who you are mm-hmm. and love yourself mm-hmm. like as you said more importantly yeah um, <clears throat> I absolutely love who I am today um, everything that I've done previously doesn't determine my future mm-hmm. uh, makes me who I am now do you know that way mm-hmm. um, and who knows 
what I'll do next. Like, that's the way I say, who knows what I'll do next. I don't know, but I know I won't shy away from that. Yeah. You know, I love, I love going walks now. I love going up the mountains. I love running. I love doing everything now. And what about Nicola? How proud is she of you? Ah, look, she's proud as hell, you know what I mean? But believe it or not, I'm more proud of her. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, For everything that she's put up with. Yeah. For all the torture, the pain, everything that I've put her through. She's still there today, you know? Because she always knew. Uh, yeah. Deep down inside, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, before I came in here, you know, I was telling her I'm going and the song was like, yeah, no, but And I could hear her. She's obviously walking and she rang me and, <clears throat> you know, when someone's ringing you and just before you answer, you can hear them talking to somebody else. Yeah. I could hear her going, yeah, yeah, he's just coming to another podcast. You know that oh, way? She's so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know that way? So she was obviously speaking to the person of all she picked up, you know, and it is. Look, <clears throat> she is an absolute phenomenal partner, an amazing mother and couldn't pick anybody else to be a bigger role model for my kids, you know, that way. But um, that's it. Imagine your two daughters <clears throat> now have such good role models in both of you yeah. also. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's everything you could ask for more. Yeah, no, it is. And look, well, I always, I always try and tell my kids as well, it's all right to talk. Yeah. Talk about it. I held everything in for so, so long. My childhood, how I was feeling about being fostered, all these little things, like that chip on my shoulder wasn't really a big chip. I just needed to talk about it yeah. and then it was gone. Do you know that way? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> people harbour things and hold things in and something what you think might be really, really, really big, when you speak about it, it's actually quite small. Yeah. And it can be dealt with really, really easily. Like it's... Your mind is dangerous sometimes. It can like play up something like so bad. And then when you talk about it, you're like the fuck did I get myself so worked up for like, like I've been anxious for a week like and blah blah and we, then I talk and you're like oh it's great yeah we maximise yeah, things we so do. much in our head yeah. like we really do like mm. for instance coming in here when I'm coming to do anything we always you know you get that little thought in your head a little sick feeling but straight away I'm thinking it's alright like yeah. everything's gonna be fine yeah, yeah. do you know that way but it's, it's as a human it's your first initial thing is like we don't like being uncomfortable. Yeah. Stay in the comfortable Safe position. Zone. Do you know what I mean? Stay, stay, the, stay in your there. lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't step out of your comfort zone. Like when I started running, when anybody starts running, your body automatically says, what are you doing? I don't like this. Yeah. Slow down or stop. No, keep going. Push through it. Enjoy being uncomfortable because that's what builds. You'll build off that. You know that way? Yeah. So if you could go back, I know we've touched on it slightly, but if you could go back to yourself yeah. at 18... Before all the shit hit the fan, before you lost your job that day <clears> when you walked up to collect your wages, what would you tell him? Stop trying to fit in. Yeah. Stop trying to fit in. Because that's what I was doing. Don't be afraid to be who you really are. As cliche as that sounds, but it's right. It's, it's printed in quotes. It's wrote all over the place because it's true. Be yourself. All the rest are taken. What an ending. That was amazing. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Danny, Daniel, <laughs> George, <laughs> Prisoner 37083. No, honestly, you're inspirational even to come and talk about it and be so proud of your past and the way you can talk about it now. And I know you're going to help so many people if you've not already helped loads. Mm. I know, I can see it written all over you. You are going to be fecking up 
up you're gonna be big i can see it whether it's writing books whether it's giving more talks like you are you can see it written yeah, all I over appreciate you. that look like I said, I'll never shy away from that, so who knows, you know? Yeah. So we see, who knows? Been you're being you, yeah. you're killing it. Yeah, no, look, I appreciate you obviously having me on and giving me the opportunity, I suppose, to speak and tell me story again. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much. Very Thank much. you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the T's and C's podcast. We'll be uploading posts and stories about upcoming episodes and guests. And you can also email us on the T's and C's pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, rate and hit the bell for future episodes on Spotify. Bye. Bye.